Welcome to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Now put aside everything you think you know about business practices today and stay right here for the next hour as you're sure to find some surprises and wisdom to help you play the business game right. Now, here is your host, Peter Feinstein. Hi, welcome to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Every week, we bring guests in who are living life um, powerfully and consciously, and they're using rules that either they have stumbled upon um, or they've made up along the way or they've taken from others who have inspired them and they use them on a day-to-day basis to win at life, to win in business. And they do it with a sense of consciousness and conscience and, uh, and they, uh, they succeed because of the rules they follow and the love they bring to business and their passion. Today's guest is Shari Gibbons. Throughout Shari's professional life, she's demonstrated herself to be a growth-driven leader with success increasing revenue and driving profitability improvements in rapidly changing competitive environments from brand leaders including Mar- uh, Merck, uh, Warner Brothers, Kaplan Test Prep and Admissions, to startup companies like National Lampoon Radio and Comedy Express Television, one of my favorites, and nonprofits such as Woodbury University. Sherry has successfully led complex marketing and operations through effective project management, brand strategy, and marketing implementations, strategic planning, and partnership building. Sherry's a uh, Sherry's a big picture person, and um, sure, her ability to uh, to develop and mentor teams helps them drive continuous improvements, and she helps them accelerate growth, creating efficiencies, and revitalizing even failing operations. So, the rules that she uses in her life, and that we're going to talk about today, is one of not only vitalization but even revitalization, and that's a that's a pretty big uh, that's a pretty big claim and a pretty uh, pretty incredible type of approach and uh, commitment. One of Sherry's commitments is to improving bottom line profitability while achieving the highest levels of customer satisfaction. Today, Sherry is serving as senior strategist at Dartlet. Dartlet is a leading brand research and strategy company specializing in the science of communication and consulting with clients on personal branding and developing high performance teams. So there's a uh, there's a continuity to uh, everything that Sherry has done and is doing, and Sherry and I have known each other for uh, for a pretty fair number of years, and uh, every step along the way, in every conversation that we have, uh, she has always managed to impress upon me the passion with which she brings uh, to every uh, every position and uh, and every job. Although I don't think that she thinks of it as jobs, I think that she thinks of it as uh, as her life. Sherry, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Peter. I'm happy to be here. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's uh, it's great to have you here, and um, your accomplishments are are so significant that I know that you definitely play by a certain set of rules. And uh, and one of the things that we're going to talk about today, because it's near and dear to your heart, and I'm pretty sure that it's going to resonate with my listeners, is professional agility. 
Um, and there are, there are so many ways, I think, of defining it. And we will get into professional agility and the definition of it and all of the characteristics of it and how people can uh, become either agile from a, uh, from a startup perspective or to add to what they're currently doing. Um, and making themselves more agile. Um, but before we get into that, um, I always want to uh, always want to find out a little bit more of uh, from from my guests. And in today's little question of, um, I want to ask you, Sherry, um, what's the craziest thing in business you've ever done? What's the, what's the, okay, I don't need to coach you beyond that because your laugh tells me you, you have something that actually springs to mind. Yes. Well, in some of our earlier conversations, I was, I was thinking about this and it's uh, really a relative question. Uh, Some of the things that uh, I might think are crazy, somebody else might not, or some of the things that I might think are, um, you know, uh, a necessary evil, so to speak, in terms of the choice between the choice between the options that are available available to you at any particular time somebody on the outside might think that I'm insane when I, I just think that there's really no other alternative uh, but um, the, the story that comes to mind is I was halfway through business school I was earning my MBA and I was paying for it myself so I was going into a tremendous amount of uh, personal debt. And I had decided that uh, I was accepted to Harvard Business School, so I was earning my Harvard MBA. And uh, to me, it was sort of like this golden parachute that gave me permission to ask, well, if I could do anything in the world, what would it be? Because if I had this Harvard MBA, it was like this golden parachute that even if I fell flat on my face, I could earn a living and get a job somewhere. And so my passion uh, that I'd never really explored before was uh, storytelling. And uh, I decided that I was going to become a film producer. And so between the two years at Harvard Business School, I was going to enter the entertainment industry and I had zero contacts. I knew nobody in the business. And I had lined up a, a summer internship in television analytics at one of the major studios. And what I did not know was that the person who had hired me to do this internship uh, had some issue that I'm not still to this day uh, quite sure what happened, but I came out to LA to do the summer internship and the person wasn't available. They were gone. And so there was no, there was no internship. (laughs) So here I was in LA uh, halfway through earning this degree that was extraordinarily expensive. I mean, I was literally living on credit cards. I was living on somebody's couch and I was like, well, I can't go back to uh, business school and talk about this internship that didn't happen. I have to make something happen. So I started cold calling the productions that were listed in the Hollywood Reporter. And the only thing I could find was this free... I was working for free as a, a, recep- a receptionist at night uh, at a production company that was doing a series for HBO. And, uh, you know, I figured, well, I'll start working here because it's the only thing I have. And during the day, I'll try to 
make something else happen. And unfortunately, it only took me two weeks to turn that into a, a paying position. But still, I was making 500 a week under uh. the table working as somebody's uh, assistant. Uh, but it just so happened that the person who hired me to be their assistant was the head of development. And I, I learned very, very quickly that in the entertainment business, being very close to the product which in this case is the scripts and the, the foundation of the actual project was where all of the action was. So it ultimately worked out fine, but it was a, a little um, unusual in terms of how I got there. Wow. That's, <laughs> you know, that would be one of those things where I think two days in, I would be losing sleep and and really questioning my judgment and wondering what the takeaway from all of that was going to be what what did you walk away from that with well i think uh as as i sort of went through my uh career exploration and life uh i i i, I discovered that there were different phases. And at the beginning, there was a lot of exploration because, you know, you have an idea of what something is like, but you don't really know uh, what a a particular professional avenue or job opportunity is like until you really, really dig in. And, you know, when you're younger, you don't have a good sense of yourself. You're still learning who you are and where your um, boundaries are and what your core values are. And these are very, very important things to decide what is the is sort of the the key to you making decisions, and so uh, ultimately, in this particular um, uh, stage of my life, I, I was learning very, very quickly that if I was in a position that wasn't continually offering uh, professional growth. Uh, opportunities, that that was like death to me. So I was so motivated to be in an environment that was challenging uh, and growth oriented that I would do almost anything to put myself in that position. And so everything else became like tunnel vision and it's not really... um, I mean, it's ultimately important the kind of money that you make, but at the end of the day, uh, if... It's, it's that that's a long-term conversation for me as opposed to a short-term conversation to me if you know you're, you're talking about well you know you know no nothing against the post office but for me working at the post office would be like death um, for some people that would be like a great career opportunity and that would make them really happy but for me that's doesn't work you know, I need an environment that's very dynamic and very challenging and uh, something that gives me a lot of mobility so that I could continue to learn and grow. So shifting and motion and renewal, but renewal with, um, with tangents that take you to do other things and require you to, to move in certain, in certain ways that you might not have moved before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that then, you know, I think about your story and then I think about professional agility and, you know, I think without defining it or describing it, you've kind of given us an insight into at least one episode of how you've lived it. Um, but let's, let's talk about from literally from the horse's mouth 
um, tell us about professional agility, you know, and, and why it's so important today. Well, as, as we all see, uh, technology is driving so much transformation in almost, almost every single industry. And the, the rate at which change is happening is so extreme that it demands all of us, whether you're a business leader or a business owner or an entrepreneur or, uh, you know, an up-and-coming uh, executive of the future when you're just starting your entry-level uh, career, you, you, we have to think about where the world is going and how change is happening. And if we don't keep uh, an eye on uh, the future and, and what's, what's, what's how technology is impacting us, uh, we could be left out in the cold and un- unemployable almost, which is extraordinary. I mean, I, I know Harvard MBAs who have struggled uh, as they've uh, developed in their career because they haven't had this kind of agility, and that's extraordinary. You wouldn't say that 20 years ago. Gosh, yep, I can, I can, I can see exactly how that ends up playing out. We're um, we're coming up to our first break, and um, so on the other side of the break, uh, we're going to talk about why it's so important today and tomorrow. Um, so as we head into the break. I suggest and encourage you to do just like I'm going to do. I've got this cup of coffee, this mug of coffee. It's covered, um, so it doesn't make big sounds when I slurp on it. Um, I'm going to take the cover off. Let us go to break. Drink some coffee. You join us back in two minutes, and we'll see you in just a couple. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800-300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. 
Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Our guest today, Sherry Gibbons, professionally agile and uh, an agility expert. And uh, just before we left for the break, um, Sherry was telling us about what professional agility is. Professional agility. I can get that to happen in my mouth. I know I can. <laughs> <laughs> and, and more importantly, why it's so important today and tomorrow. So, um, Sherry, give us, give us a sense of your perspective on why professional agility is so important today and, uh, and looking ahead to even tomorrow. Well, I, I think things uh, in the last decades have, have changed to, to the extent that uh, loyalty between uh, companies and employees and employees and companies has changed significantly since it used, you know, way back in, you know, 50 years ago, mostly people would have the same job and the same company for their whole entire career. That was extremely common. And today, that's unusual, very, very unusual. The young ones today are hopping jobs every 12 to 18 months, I think the statistics are. Uh, I think the millennials are, are, are more loyal to their own career paths and their own professional, personal professional relationships than they are to any given company. And I think as, as um and we also see that there are a lot of companies who, as as they expand and contract, the layoffs uh, are are more of the norm, you know, than they are the exception, uh, which used to not be the case. So I think uh, one of the key things to be agile is not only maintaining uh, a versatile skill set and a current skill set, uh, but it's also being able to anticipate and adapt to changes in your, you, you might have a dream job today, but it might absolutely not be your dream job you know, two months from now or six months from now, uh, there might be a leadership change. There might be an industry market change. Uh, things aren't going to be the same uh, with the rate that change is happening today. So I, I think people who are agile have a, a very quick recovery time. Uh, any disappointment that they might experience in the, a professional context is something that they embrace and they learn from it and they adapt and they move on. And the recovery time is uh, key uh, in terms of, uh, you know, Whatever happened that wasn't the best thing, uh, you, you learn from it and you move on. So it sounds like um, anticipation and adaptability are key hallmarks of an agile person. And um, you know, I think about I think about my business um, beyond radio hosting. And, uh, and, you know, the, the, the length of time that I've had people on staff and what we do, um, and I'm blessed actually to have people who have been with the company for quite a period of time, uh, far longer than the, you know, the 18 to 24 months that, uh, that you had expressed as being pretty common in, uh, in millennial world's point of view. Um, but I think about, you know, professional agility from a corporate perspective as well. And uh, and that ability to anticipate and adapt, and I know that uh, 
that it's something where uh, there are there are definitely ways uh, that uh, I've expressed agility in my company. Um, how do you see it being expressed on an individual and a professional basis today? And um, and you know and how do you see that uh, that kind of agility shaping things? today um, as well as tomorrow and I think even more importantly what is it that you I mean or what's what's the time frame you you think of when you say tomorrow because it means I think a great a great many different things to different people what's what's your perception of that well I I think um, there's there's I think you have to think about it in layers. I think that there is is the six to twelve to eighteen month timeline, and then I think that there is the three to five to ten to fifteen year timeline. Uh, and you have to, I think, uh, balance and think in both uh, through uh, both the short term and the long term lens. I think one of the things that's happening in business as a whole today is, you know, the, per- particularly on the corporate uh, stock market uh, uh, business short term quarterly results level, uh, everything's organized around delivering the short term quarterly results. And that creates a group think that is so short-term oriented. That's where you run into these situations where, like Kodak, uh, you know, completely misses the the idea that you know digital technology in the photography realm, which I believe they discovered, yeah. um, is the future. You know, and when you have a group of executives that don't want to cannibalize their own. Um, stock photography business because digital they realize one of their own inventions can can cannibalize it they don't realize with this short-term thinking that everybody is on the same page at, uh, about because it's it's this group think that gets together um, that they're really just signing the death warrant for the company uh, in the near future and and so I think uh, one in, in today's world has to challenge yourself to 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 think in the short term and the long term and inside of whatever environment you you are in as well as stepping outside of that environment because uh, you can be so influenced by everybody around you in your immediate sphere that you can miss some very very key uh, factors that are impacting whatever is happening in any one given situation or marketplace. You know, I see, um, I see your point on that. And, and the thing that comes to my mind, um, especially when you touch on high tech and, uh, and the Kodak example, um, on a personal level, you know, we see things in, in technology um, moving at an increasing pace where, gosh, five years ago, I think, you know, the, the, rate of, uh, the rate of technological change was somewhere, you know, maybe 24 months, and then it, then it you know, it, it squished down to 20 months and then 18 months. Um, and I wonder from a, you know, from a, from a technology perspective and the speed with which the velocity with which technology is shifting and changing and bringing different, um, different modes of operative, operative living, um, you know, 
just how fast someone has to be able to move and um, and I guess you know from from that perspective um, you know what kind of pressures does does this increase of technological advance um, put on a person and you know and if it's and if it applies a lot of pressure then what does that do to change that long-term view that you've talked about because you've talked about layers um, I mean give us a sense of you know short-term mid-term long-term and and how you see those time frames either shifting compressing or expanding in the next you know five years ten years or is that even too long a time frame to look at or think about well, I, I think some people way smarter than I am can can um, really think about that. But I, I I think actually it depends on the world that you're living in because there still are um, uh, you know people that uh, are, are let's say have a traditional corporate career let's say um, and and their world looks and it depends on the industry. It, their world looks a certain way, and the the the, the rate of change um, may or may not be uh, the same as a different industry. Like uh, I was in the entertainment industry for about three, uh, let's say, fifteen years ish, and during that time, I was in the middle of the home video revolution. Uh, then that. Home video turned into the DVD revolution, which turned into um, aspects of international television co-production that were were very specific. But those waves were um, in and out um, and and technologically impacted completely. Um, But during that time frame, let's say um, uh, the airline industry was not impacted by technology in a similar way. It was it was impacted, but but in terms of if you were inside the airline industry from a management perspective, your career was not um, here today and gone tomorrow, like some of the home video executives or the or the international television co-production executives, uh, which or music executives. You know those those were sure. like decimated. Uh, so I think it depends on the industry, um, and it also depends on you know what's what's happening in, in terms of, uh, you know, who, who comes in on the entrepreneurial side, like uh, the Netflix phenomenon that, that wipes Blockbuster off the face of the earth. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So uh, th- there are no easy question answers to the questions that you're asking. I think the, 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 moral of the story in my mind is to continue to not take things for granted and to look at uh, what's potential, what's possible, and not not assume that everything is going to stay the same because we know it isn't. We just, that's, that's what we know. It's not going to stay the same. Now, how it changes, we don't know. And you know what? And I think that that actually, at least on some level, really goes against human nature of creating or trying to create or at least live a normalized existence. And I think that, uh, that, you know, the, the, the speed with which and the velocity with which we're seeing change, um, 
played out in in technology um, and in our lives in general is something that uh, is a challenge to each of us. We're um, we're coming up against a break, and uh, I think that was probably the fastest twelve minutes in human history um, <laughs> because it's it seemed like two and a half minutes to me, which just kind of boggles my mind. Which is you know wonderful and uh, and and thrilling for me. When we come back out of the break, um, which is just a very two minute short break, um, we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, the the term professional agility and uh, and how you coined it, Shari. But we'll be back in two minutes, and uh, and uh, we'll talk to you in just a couple. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money, too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800 800- 300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. And today's guest, Shari Gibbons, professionally agile and coaching us and helping us get insight into professional agility. So before we left uh, for our two-minute coffee up, uh, I was uh, letting you know that we were going to ask Sherry about uh, the term professional agility and um, and kind of how it came about. Give us some insight into uh, when you coined that term and um, and why it's seemed to stick over the years. Uh, well, I always thought that there was something wrong with me, <laughs> that my jobs uh, seemed to be lasting like three-ish years. It seemed pretty consistent that uh, that's what my turnover was, uh, even from the very beginning. 
And uh, because people would comment on that, you know, like there was something wrong with that. And as I've sort of uh, grown up, (laughs) I've realized that uh, a lot of those jobs could have lasted a lot longer had the uh, if I was in the right environment or with the right tribe, so to speak, we've heard, heard that expression tribe. I think Sebastian uh, Unger um, coined that recently in one of his books, uh, where if I was with people who uh, were a little bit, you know, business leaders who were a little bit more focused on uh, employee engagement and how to um, sort of lasso uh you know, hardworking, uh, really um, growth-oriented, uh, committed professionals uh, in a in a different way, as opposed to sort of like a more generic, broad way. Uh, I, I think I would have been in environments that would have held on to me longer. Uh, but I think that that's more of the exception rather than the rule. And so what I've um, learned and and now that I'm sort of like in a a more mature stage in my career uh, recruiters look at uh, an experienced resume that has lots of different roles like from chief marketing officer to chief operating officer to uh, entrepreneurial environments to big corporate environments uh, operational versus marketing and sales all those experiences are extremely valuable to certain uh, groups of people who look at it in a, in a certain way. So uh, I think I think I might have gotten sidetracked from your question, but I, I think <laughs> <laughs> professional agility is all about, in my mind, um, understanding the match between who you are and what you have to offer with uh, the environment that you choose to professionally um, exist in and uh, being able to stay facile with the changes in that environment and understand what your value proposition is as an individual and how that matches with any given uh, group of people or professional opportunities. And it sounds like, um, you know, professional agility also has to encompass some kind of fluidity of, let's say, the anybody's perception of where they are and how they fit in. They may, um, you know, they may see their perspective on this shifting itself, and so they've got an internal professional agility or agile conversation going on with themselves, not just um, not just being expressed outwardly. Would you say that that's that's a fair a fair statement? Yes, I think that's very perceptive, and it brings up a very good point, which is, uh, you know, you have to take a hard, honest look at yourself, because it's very difficult for us to see ourselves as others see us. And uh, sometimes we have, um, you know, fantasies about who we are that are not true, either in a positive way or in a negative way. Like Never had it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we have to be um, uh, strong enough and aware enough to put ourselves in situations where we receive feedback um, to understand what we what it is we have to understand about how we're presenting ourselves, how we're not who we think we are um, in, in a 
better sense or a worse sense and and you know areas that we can um, develop and learn and grow and polish and areas that we should just avoid because they're they're just not who we are and you know shouldn't play there you yeah, know that's yeah I think that internal conversation um, is uh, is critical it sounds to me like you've actually been having this internal conversation with yourself that you've managed to successfully um, express from a pretty young age. I know that in, in the bio, and I, you know, I, I wish I had so much time to express how much you've accomplished because I, I was reading through all the things that you've done. And, um, and, you know, my thought was, oh my gosh, Sherry has just been absolutely nose to the grindstone from a very early age. Like my hallmark of junior high school and high school was I was lazy. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't prevent me from applying to Harvard. It also didn't help me that, you know, they, they decided to decline my, uh, my desire to get in because I was so lazy. So, I mean, I've, I've got that, but from your side, I mean, you were working very smart and very hard from a very early age. What insights can you bring to us from what you did then to how it relates to you and professional agility today? Well, I, I was uh, sort of, I had the advantage of having uh, two great parents that were very focused on uh, teaching me early on that, uh, th- you know, I had to uh, make my way in the world and it was on me. Um, so I, Uh, was very determined to figure out what that looked like in an environment where I really had no clue. And I did not have a lot of exposure to a lot of business uh, professionals. Uh, And I just sort of randomly read an article in the newspaper when I was in high school that women uh, at the time, women with science or technology or math degrees, undergrad and uh, an MBA were going to be uh, sort of like a, a huge value in the marketplace and could sort of, in a sense, write their own ticket professionally. So I already had loved science and, and knew that uh, from my, um, I did uh, bio, biology, an AP class in biology, and I just loved it. So I was going to study um, biology undergrad and then get my MBA. And I had the opportunity, I went to San Jose State undergrad, and they had a um, a co-venture with NASA, uh, which was at Moffett Field, very close to the the school. And as a a sophomore, I was accepted in their honors undergraduate research program. And so I was working in the extraterrestrial division at NASA, doing uh, a research project for one of the scientists there. And as cool as it sounded, wow. <laughs> it like sounded so cool because Carl Sagan was coming and oh yeah, totally yeah, and he was doing this talk on extraterrestrial uh, life, and we were we were doing um, re- research studies on on how that was uh, how extreme life forms in in on Earth could help us understand how extreme life forms. Uh, could exist on other planets. And so it was the coolest thing in the history of mankind from my perspective. But, you know, the day-to-day research was doing the same experiment 
over and over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and I thought I was going to die of boredom. Um, so that was an early lesson in what you think sounds really cool is not necessarily really cool, depending upon what you need uh, from a stimulation uh, point of view. And so um, I'm not sure if that actually answers your question, but I, I think having the self-awareness to understand that there could be a gap between uh, what you think things are like and what they're really like and how you fit in that matrix and that differential is, uh, I think, really important. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's the side of you that's um, from the outside looking in and stuff looks way glamorous and very cool and so exciting and inviting. And then you cross a threshold and you're able to part the curtain and you look behind the, the, the screen, the curtain, you know, however you want to, however you want to metaphorically describe it. And you see the infrastructure and all of the work that goes on behind it. And I know for me, it was something where uh, getting a taste of media from the outside looking in, it was the neatest thing since sliced bread. And then coming into the inside of it and having now worked in it for decades on uh, in one capacity or another, it doesn't seem ho-hum. It just seems very different from uh, from where I started, and uh, and I think that that's uh, that's kind of what you're describing, um, even with the uh, even with the tedium of repeating the same experiment over and over and over. Um, I think that that's uh, you know there's there's a sense of um, I'm hearing you say uh, you have to have a wake up call on some level. Um, to realize that you're no longer on the outside, you're inside, and you have to do something to remain agile, even in the face of the humdrum or the day-to-day. You think that's that's on the on the uh, on the head? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because you know we 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 have the opportunities that are in front of us, and so in order to create a different opportunity you still have to exist where you are and find some way to uh, do your best to flourish despite the uh, lack of ideal circumstances yep yeah i think that's that's key we are we are again speeding through this hour and uh, we are we're coming up on uh, on our next break and uh, when we come back uh, Sherry, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about uh, professional agility and how that may be seeming to swim against the stream. I know that there are so many uh, so many ways of approaching life, and one of them, I think, is uh, is often couched as going with the flow. Um, I want your perspective when we come back on uh, on what it might be like as far as uh, professional agility and how that looks like swimming against the stream. We'll be back in two, take a break and come back to finish up. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. 
Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800-300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Today's guest is Shari Bold. We've been talking about professional agility, and uh, we've gone from A to, gosh, not C. Uh, we've, gone, we've gone beyond that, but there's even more, uh, more to talk about. And one of the things that, uh, that I promised you we would touch on when, uh, when we came back was asking Shari about um, her opinion on professional agility and how that may appear to uh, be either swimming against the stream or is it the ultimate nod to uh, going with the flow but just realizing that you've got some oars or a motorboat and you can do a more successful job navigating that flow. Sherry, what's your perspective on that? Well, I think, you know, it could happen uh, in uh, two different ways. I think there are times where you might find yourself uh, in a situation professionally for whatever reason that you're swimming against the stream in such, you know, a broad sense that you've got to get out of there. Uh, because they're not your people, it's not your values, uh, it's just something that you have to, like, you know, do the best that you can and exist in that environment, one foot in the door while you have one foot out trying to find that next opportunity where you can really thrive in an environment where, you know, you're working with your people with your set of values. Uh, but then there's also that that idea, too, that you could be... Uh, sort of the the -the out-of-the-box person in an environment that, uh, you know, that you do share their values and, you know, it is a tribe that you could be a member of successfully. It's just you're that little sort of uh, different quirky thinker that uh, always uh, helps the group not fall into that group think in a healthy way and you sort of challenge the status quo in a productive way 
way from the inside where that environment uh, is your contribution uh, rather than just, you know, one of the people who's uh, going with the flow in a way that doesn't necessarily contribute to the long-term growth and vision as things change. So I think it could look uh, either way. Hmm. Uh, but what what I find very interesting, and per- perhaps you have something to say about this, given your experience, is that uh, sometimes people do find themselves in a situation where they're working with somebody that doesn't have the same set of values that they do. And so they're in an uncomfortable spot. And whatever that looks like, it could be a client, it could be a, a, a boss, it, you know, it could be an employee that you just hired. Uh, what are your experiences with that? Uh, that's <laughs> that's a great question, and I could uh, I could go on and for hours on that. Um, you know what resonated with me in uh, in your talking about um, the uh, swimming against the stream or uh, or in the flow was the one leg in and one leg out. Um, I was very much of that uh, when I left radio to open my agency. And, uh, and as time went by and it moved, my agency moved and grew from just me to adding personalities, adding people to do things that I was less capable of doing and, uh, and realized that I was less capable of doing, you know, I found, um, I found a lot of different, uh, opportunities to, uh, bring people on who were of the same uh, value structure and had the same the same approach, um, but had different ways of doing things and different ways of expressing themselves. Um, you know, right up to today, where I've got uh, a staff of really different personalities, um, some of whom um, I butt heads with on a daily basis or never at all. I mean, it it really it runs the gamut. And what I found for myself is that. It doesn't pay for me, it hasn't paid for me um, to shy away from whatever it is that's going on or to cut and run um, and be, um, be scared of the confrontations that happen, um, although sometimes my actions do not match my words, um, and I think that's true of, of many people. Um, I'm willing to admit it. There are times when I am flat out a scaredy cat and I don't want to be involved in confrontation. Um, But I've come to understand on some level that sometimes um, in order to be true to myself, I have to walk through that. And and if that's with other people, it's something where, you know, I, I make sure that there's a connection of love and compassion and honesty between each other so that at least if there's conflict, it's something where, you know, we don't blow up at each other and then tell each other to F off, pardon mm-hmm. the, uh, the, you know, the mm-hmm. abbreviated French. Right. Um, but it's something where, you know, we, we realize that all of this is done in the spirit of growth and the spirit of camaraderie and the spirit mm-hmm. of home team. And, um, and, and that's the big difference. And it's something where every time I walk through one of those situations, um, I, feel, um, I feel cleaner and I feel more adept at handling it next time, um, even though, and I'll admit this, even though my experience is sometimes that it's not easier the next time, it's every bit as difficult, <laughs> even, though, even though I have experience to draw from 
that tells me everything is okay, um, you know, my ego, that pernicious little devil sneaks in and lies to me. And there are times when I choose to believe it. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. and it, oh my gosh. And it's, you know, it, it ruins the opportunity um, to experience that camaraderie um, for as long as I choose to listen to it. The good news is uh, that over the years, I have become better at distancing myself from the ego and not letting it, uh, not letting it sit um, and, 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 and dwell and, uh, and have its way. Um, but you ask, you ask a great question, hopefully, um, hopefully that was the answer you were looking for. <laughs> well, no, it just validates, you know, we all have our, our best selves, you know, that show up, uh, and, you know, flourish and thrive under certain circumstances. And we all have our, our not best self and, uh, understanding who that is and what that looks like for other people when it shows up is, is the challenge, uh, because it happens to all of us and it's just really a question of the the ability to understand uh, what the triggers are and how you can um, manage that part of you that's not your best self uh, when it happens and, uh, you know, sort of um, uh, hack, I guess, with using the new uh, ex- expression, hack a workaround around uh, those behaviors. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're exactly right on that. We're um, we're speeding to the end of this show, and I am I am truly mind boggled because it has been uh, it has been just so quick. One last thought, so that we've talked about professional agility, and we've talked about how much you've done and the use of it. Real quickly, has there ever been a time when you've paused in your quest? for being professionally agile? I mean, you know, or has it just been like nonstop? Uh, well, actually, I think that's really a great question. I, I think I'm sort of doing that right now. I'm a, a very fortunate in that I've been very smart with my money and I've worked very hard. And uh, I'm, I'm now at the stage where I'm uh, sort of uh, looking to give back and contribute. Uh, I'm coaching a lot of uh, people and, and helping nonprofits. And I'm doing it in a way that's, uh, you know, normally when I, I, I'm, I'm working with an organization, I'm like, you know, 70, 80 hours a week, and it's just a grind and nobody hears from me, <laughs> you know, for years, you know, and then I surface. And, and so now I'm just sort of uh, pulling back a little bit and, and looking to give back in a, in a different way. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's super um, because it's actually afforded us the time to have this hour together. And uh, I, feel, uh, I feel so blessed and happy to have had you as my guest today. You've been listening to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein, today's guest, Sherry Gibbons. You can find Sherry on LinkedIn, um, and uh, she's, um, she's there under Sherry Bowles Gibbons. And um, on Twitter, on Sherry Lane. My encouragement to you is to seek out uh, things that Sherry has done so that you can get a keener insight even than today's show on professional agility. Thanks for listening to this week's Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. We'll be back in one week minus an hour. Take care. Thank you 
for tuning into Business Rules. Be sure to join Peter Feinstein for another enlightening program next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a winning week.